All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. And welcome once again to Invest Wisely, live and local with Walt Secura, the managing partner of the AKW Group, Akron here in Fairlawn, also in a Washington, Pennsylvania office. We're going to talk this half hour live about the stock market, about how Walt and his team invest their clients' money in individually owned stocks in custom-made portfolios designed just for them. We'll talk about stocks. We'll take your calls at 330-673-1234 or outside of Akron and on WNR.com for our Pennsylvania listeners. It's 800-669-4100. Well, Walt, last week, uh, not down a week for the market. Investors don't seem to be uh, kind of sure where, where they want to go now. Do they want to buy more securities? Do they want to get into some bonds? So it's kind of an up-and-down situation that we've had last week. It is, Bob. Um, you know, interesting week. Uh, we saw the um, market hit some highs at the beginning of the week, and then by the end of the week, we, we saw a sell-off. Um, we had some comments from Federal, uh, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell during the week, and you know, he struck a very dovish, uh, patient tone regarding monetary policy. Uh, but overall, we saw the Dow Jones for the week. The Dow Jones Industrial Average off about 150 points, off about a half a percent. And year-to-date, that Dow Jones Industrial Average is at 6.6%. Um, still in a, a good territory there. Uh, the S&P 500 was off about 30 points for the week, or off about 0.8%. Uh, and the S&P 500 index for the year is at 4.2%. Uh, the NASDAQ sold off about 104 points for the week, off about 0.8%, and a year-to-date at 2.5%. Remember, the NASDAQ was the big performer last year, and it's you know not performing as, as well as the Dow and the S&P this year. And then that uh, Russell 2000, which is our measure of those small mid-cap stocks, uh, was off about 65 points for the week, uh, off about 2.8%. And again, year-to-date, up 15.8%, so still some pretty impressive returns, you know, uh, for the year uh, with those small mid-cap stocks. So from week to week, sometimes, you know, we, we get those emotions, um, especially when the week turns down at the end of the week and uh, some of the maybe the, the, the negativity out there in the market or the, uh, the bearish sentiment starts to come to the forefront. Uh, but overall, Bob, you know, we continue to make progress and, um, you know, there's there's still a lot of uh, good things on the horizon, and you know we continue to keep an invested position uh, here as we approach the end of March. 
Now, Walt, you mentioned uh, Mr. Powell's comments at the Federal Reserve last week. Uh, he said, again, the economy is starting to recover, but certainly nowhere near where it should be because of COVID. And he still marks the COVID recovery as his primary concern and uh, really said he's not very worried about inflation. But in the market, as we've seen, uh, bond market is, uh, is heating up. A lot of money managers are starting to worry about inflation now more than the uh, COVID virus. So what, what is going on and what are your thoughts about these concerns about inflation? Yeah, that's a really good uh, point, Bob, I and mean, it's a great question. Uh, you know, the Fed has done a really good job with monetary policy, as we talked about. They they probably saved uh, investors in the market and, and maybe our economy last year. Um, I think Fed Powell has been very calm, uh, very methodical uh, in his comments. And, again, you know, really struck that tone again this week and settled the market down a little bit. <clears throat> you know, he's talking about, Inflation not being a big concern, um, we we know inflation numbers are going to look worse as we go forward. We know we're going to get some big inflation numbers. So he's doing everything he can to kind of calm uh, the worries before those metrics start showing and say we we expect that you know. And uh, he's saying that he doesn't uh, see uh, short term interest rates being changed now all the way out to 2024 again, tipping the head of the Fed. Uh, to the market saying, you know, we're going to keep rates low. Uh, we're going to keep monetary policy accommodative. Uh, he talked about the repurchase programs, the asset purchase programs that the Federal Reserve has in place and that they'll continue to use those where they deem appropriate. Um, and again, you know, just really, I, I think, doing all he can to uh, keep people calm. Uh, on the other side, Bob, as you mentioned, uh, the bond market isn't necessarily believing that. You know, we see the bond. Uh, vigilantes out there starting to push up that 10-year treasury. Um, you know, we, we have a 10-year treasury now at 1.74%. Uh, so they're pushing that 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 10-year up. Um, they're worried about inflation, uh, money managers being surveyed out there. I saw a survey uh, come out this week from uh, Bank of America. They looked at uh, a lot of institutional money managers, and uh, a lot of them are saying it is the number one concern. So for, for institution, money managers, investors, I think inflation is becoming the, the hot topic of the day. You know, we're talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, and it becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, as you start to worry about something and everybody's talking about it, you, you start to worry about it yourself. Uh, but again, the Fed is doing everything they can to tamper that down. So we definitely have a dichotomy of opinion. Um, it's interesting how, you know, you can always uh, look at two things and get two totally different pictures drawn, but that's what the market does, Bob. You know, for every buyer, there's a seller. For every person that thinks, you know, it's going down, people think it's going up, and if you didn't have that, you wouldn't have a market. You know, when people can remember, or more or less, they probably learned in history now, about that inflation in the 1970s and 1980s and interest rates, of course, uh, uh, the 1.74% of the Treasury is nowhere near the double-digit rates they were getting in the uh, 1980s. I remember uh, Carlo in 1980 with 22% uh, paid for Carlo back then. But yep. that was a long time ago. And uh, and there was different things going on. There was the, the big oil crisis when the gas prices went from 35 cents a gallon to two dollars a gallon that was a big impact on the economy then uh, we don't have that right now and i can't see myself any great inflationary pressures pressures even if people go crazy once they get their their uh, vaccinations and start spending money like drunken sailors so <laughs> what are the kind of key takeaways about this that will be given uh, to the fed and to investors yeah, but I, I think, you, you know, you hit it, the nail on the head with a lot of your comments there. You know, this time is different. Um, 
you know, as we said, history doesn't necessarily repeat, but it rhymes. And I think there are some some rhyming for us people that have been around. And, you know, I was involved in the markets back in the 1980s and obviously a big student of the 70s. And uh, you're right, it's a different time, different dynamics, uh, different Fed chairmen at that time, a different, uh, you know, policy, the way the Federal Reserve looked at things and, and saw their uh, responsibilities. I think in 2007 and 2008, there was a big shift at the Fed where, uh, they use quantitating easing and, and asset repurchase, which has never been done before. So it's it's hard to look back on those periods of time and, and draw an exact comparison. But I think you're right, Bob. I mean, I think when you think about the real the reality of what inflation means, yes, you know, some companies have pricing availability to them. You know, there's things that uh, we would definitely pay more for as consumers and. If we want them, we may want to pay more for them. That's always been a part of business. Uh, you know, the, the pressures that come in from the from the investment community, there's this automatic thought that, you know, and, and again, the way we're taught and the way our brains think, you know, is that if interest rates go up, that's going to affect valuations of stocks. But it's not always a perfect comparison. Every company is different, you know. Um, I'm not sure that a little change in the 10-year treasury has any impact on the business model of like an Adobe or an Apple. Um, you know, some of these companies that have very little debt, um, you know, I'm not sure it really impacts them very greatly. So you, you have to look at every situation differently. And again, you have to think for yourself because, again, a lot of these fears are, are that wall of worry that we talk about. You know, people just start worrying about things, and, and it, they, you know, they, they make themselves kind of worried about things maybe that they're over-worrying about. So, uh, again, you know, everything has to be put into some type of perspective, and the inflation is something we definitely have to pay attention to, but I kind of agree with your comments, Bob. I think it might be a little bit overblown, um, you know, based on where we're at in this recovery and where we're heading through the rest of the year. However, on the other side, you have investors who are, again, they're looking at the high values in the market. They have a realistic expectation that someday they will go down. And they're seeing these bond rates go up a bit. And they're thinking, hmm, maybe I should uh, have a little uh, taste of that in my portfolio just to make sure. What, what, do you, what do you tell people about that? Yeah, but I mean, I think interest rates still, I, I think fixed income still a tough place to invest because rates could go significantly higher over the next five to seven years. So, uh, again, I think you got to be careful about the fixed income investments that you're looking at. Yeah, I mean, maybe some short-term rates look a little bit more attractive. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if you go too far out on the bond curve and, and rates still go up significantly, you can lose value in, in bonds. So I, I think people have to be careful, um, you know, about where we're at in the cycle. I mean, as we talked about, you know, a few weeks ago, Warren Buffett said that fixed income and bonds were nowhere he'd want to be. And, you know, he's He's an older guy with, a, a, you know, his appetite for risk has changed. And, you know, when you hear, you know, kind of gurus out there in the market saying that fixed income is, isn't really attractive, it's not. It's, it's an alternative to stocks. It's a place to put money uh, that you need back, uh, money that you don't want to see fluctuation on. But, you know, I don't think these returns are anything to get excited about. So I'd be cautious about jumping into bonds just because of a little bit of a raise in rates here. 
Talking to our expert on investing, he is Walt Secura of the AKW Group here in Akron. Time now to open up our phones and have our people talk about stocks. Stock Talk. You can call up right now and talk to Walt Secura and ask him questions about any stock that you have interest in, whether it's something that you own now and think maybe you should sell, take your profits, something you're looking at buying for a future return, or just uh, curious about the company. Give us a call, 330-673-1234. Talk to Walt Secura of the AKW Group. Ask him your questions about that or further questions about he invests his client's money in the market. 330-673-1234. And outside of Akron and on WNIR.com, toll free, 800-669-4100. Well, let's talk about uh, some of the products that you do own in your portfolios, uh, uh, beauty products and beauty retailing. Now, you recently uh, sold your Ulta Beauty in both your Empowering Women and Small Mid-Cap Portfolio. So uh, tell us uh, why you did that. Bob, we, we had a nice run, a nice recovery in Alta Beauty. Um, you know, it hit lows, uh, you know, in the 200s last year, and then, you know, it's moved up nicely uh, at the 321 at the end of the week. Uh, but they're, you know, they're struggling, and, and the company probably isn't the same growth story it was when they were opening up a lot of new storefronts, and, you know, people were going to storefronts. And, uh, you know, you look at this uh, retailer, and you see a lot of competition their last quarter, uh, they showed a 5% decline in, in revenue, an 11% decline in profits. Uh, the last four quarters have all been declines. Um, you know, again, it's, it's, a, it's a good retailer. Um, it's a destination location for a lot of women out there that, that, to buy their beauty products. But again, you know, the pandemic has really hurt, uh, you know, traffic. I think there's a lot of competition out there. Um, you know, people are, are turning, again, more to online type of purchasing, um, so, again, we just saw this as an opportunity to uh, move out of the stock, um, you know, at the levels that it had got to. And they also had a change in leadership at the company. Uh, Mary Dillon, who was, a, a, you know, a woman CEO that done a really nice job through the growth stages of this company, uh, was replaced uh, by Dave Kimball. And that's a change in leadership. So, you know, from the women's uh, Empowering Women portfolio, that didn't hold the same luster for us as it, as it did in the past. So, uh, we replaced that the security there, and also we took it out of the small mid-cap portfolio. So, uh, again, still a good retailer, but as far as the stock goes, we, we just felt this was a good place to exit. So, Walt, tell us more about your sell discipline, uh, the importance of selling a stock to begin with, and uh, knowing when to sell a stock. Well, I think, Bob, this is what separates the average investor from the professional. You know, if I had to say one thing that, you know, makes me different than anybody else out there, you know, if everybody can buy a stock, I, I don't doubt you know, that people can buy stocks. It's knowing when to sell. It's having a discipline that you basically execute and you hold to. You take emotions out of it, um, you know, and, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest differences. Uh, for us, we have a very defined sell discipline. There's, uh, you know, I, I don't have emotions when it comes to investing, uh, you know, in these, in these companies. And, uh, you know, when we're ready to move away from a position for different reasons, we will definitely do that. Is there a particular number one red flag on a stock that uh, tells you it's time to sell? Well, again, we use those two components, Bob. We look for financial power, and as we just talked about Alta Beauty, we saw the financial power really starting to change over a period of a few quarters. Um, we questioned the financial power going forward. Uh, the other one is valuation. You know, as we talk about when these stocks get priced for perfection, when they move up really high and you know, at some point you got to say, hey, you know, it's, it's a really fair price here, and I'm going to take it. Um, it's just like if you had a house and, you know, you're sitting there and you knew it was worth 200000 and somebody offered you 300000 you know, 
you may not want to move, but hey, you know, sometimes you, you just can't help but say, I'm going to pull the trigger on this. It makes sense for me and my, my financial situation. So those are two reasons. But the number one reason we sell a stock, Bob, a lot of times is because we find a better idea. Um, we're always constantly searching for our best ideas. We want to be invested in our best ideas. And when we find one, we want to put it in. It makes us take a look and figure out what we need to take out. Um, so that's uh, part of the discipline as well. Now, for other investors, many of them, what mistakes do they make when they sell a stock? I think it's really easy to sell stocks that you've made money in, Bob, and sometimes that's the worst thing to do. I I think what we see is a lot of people wanting to hold on to stocks to go down because they don't want to sell them at a loss. Uh, Again, it's the wrong way to look at things. You know, I I use the red dress story all the time. I think we talked about this a few times. If you and I owned a, a retail dress shop and all our red dresses were selling and our yellow dresses were still on the rack, you know, we wouldn't want to hold on to those red dresses. We'd mark them down. We'd put them on sale. We'd get them off the rack. We'd free up that money and we'd take that free cash and we'd go buy some more red dresses because that's how we were going to make money. And, you know, people don't look at their portfolios that way. Maybe they should, you know, maybe you need to get rid of those yellow dresses out of your portfolio and, and go buy some more red dresses and put the money in things that are, are working for you, you know. The market tells you when you're right. You know, stocks going up tell you you're right. When stocks go down, sometimes it's telling you you're wrong. And again, a lot of times we see investors think absolutely the opposite, uh, selling things that go up fast and holding on things that go down too, for way too long. Right. I never did look good in yellow myself, so I, I prefer red. <laughs> I Walt, Walt, red, Bob. <laughs> Walt Sakira is our expert from the AKW Group in Akron, taking your calls at 330-673-1234. Good morning. You're on WNIR. Morning. Uh, I wish I had that discipline on a new, new one to sell. I'm staring at a stock certificate on the wall of 600 shares of W.T. Grant. That was a company like Kmart years ago that went bankrupt. So I try to focus on uh, reality and uh, some of these speculative things. But you're right about knowing when to sell. I don't have that discipline. It's it's a tough one, Ken, but I'm sure you've done all right over the years. You sound like you, you've made some good decisions. It's it's hard, you know. I think even recognizing that it's hard to sell is is a good start. You know, it's um, I, I think there's a lot to read out there to you know to think about um, disciplines, people that use uh, you know the spell disciplines, but uh, it's something you got to work on. And again, over 30 years of experience, you know, I've learned a lot, and uh, you learn a lot from your experience, uh, you know, successes as well as mistakes. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what builds a good investor. I wondered, uh, have you, in keeping with your car theme uh, of a few weeks, months ago, uh, I've been watching uh, Porsche, P-O-A-H-Y. P-O-A-H-Y, it's hard to find. It's very speculative. Porsche, the uh, car, they have some Volkswagen in there, too. And the other one is Fisker, electric cars, symbol S. Oh, no, wait a minute. F-S-R, Fisker. But mm-hmm. Porsche is mainly what I was... What, did that ever come across your radar? Um, it has, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, believe me, I've been looking at these car stocks way too much. Um, you know, but again, it, it, it has. I, I agree with you. It's a, it's a little uh, less traded, um, not as much research out there. Um, but yeah, I continue to look at this space, Ken. Um, you know, Volkswagen had an interesting, uh, you know, some news come out last week, and the you know stock took off there for a while. Uh, they're talking about their whole electrification, you know, strategy and electric vehicle strategy. You know, doubling the amount of electric vehicles. I think, yeah, those those are still areas to look. Um, Fisker is another one that yes, I've looked at. Um, 
you know, haven't done anything with either one of those, but you're you're looking in the right areas for sure. You've never mentioned anything in agriculture. I know deer has been fabulous. Uh, I've had that for 40 years, but the uh, the uh, it's called App Harvest, A-P-P-H. Uh, it's agriculture. Uh, Martha Stewart's involved, and I, I got a good report on this App Harvest, A-P-P-H. It's... Uh, uh, it's uh, agriculture down in uh, it's controlled environment agriculture. It's called. It's a whole yeah. field that I would have never uh, even thought about. But it's uh, there's all kinds of fields. That's why we need uh, guys like you that can research all this stuff. Because I, the last year, there's so many things that's opened up. I don't have a clue. I'm like a dinosaur. I there's so many uh, names pop up in fields and fields and everything that's uh, completely out of my realm of uh, even knowing what they are, you know. But anyway, app harvest, is that a, a field that you've ever uh, researched? I um, haven't, haven't looked at that one. I'm looking at it real quick here. I just pulled it up, Ken. I mean, I see it's a, it's a smaller uh, cap stock. It's only $2 billion in market cap and haven't turned a profit yet. You know, I'm, I'm just looking at their uh, revenues are, are non-existent as well. So I think that is an idea type of stock. But you're right. You know, there's a, there's a lot of great ideas, but I think the key is vetting them through and making sure you know what you're doing. Um, you know, agriculture, you can't go wrong with deer. You know, that's one that has uh, stood the test of time, and sometimes that's a better way to invest the money as opposed to looking for always the hottest thing. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Have a good week. Yeah, you too. You too. Thanks for calling. Right. 330-673-1234, 800-669-4100 to talk about stocks with Walt Zakira of the AKW Group here in Akron and in Washington, Pennsylvania. Uh, FedEx had a good quarterly report last week, as one might expect, with all the deliveries from people working at home and, and buying things online. Uh, you don't own FedEx at this point. Uh, do you think that FedEx is uh, worth the consideration? It, it is, Bob. I mean, it's a it's a powerful company. I mean, if you look at their uh, you know holiday season, the half a billion holiday packages out there that they were delivering, it's uh, it's impressive. Uh, you know, I think it just again really supports this move towards home delivery and e-commerce. Um, you know, they they're doing a lot of things right, and uh, I, again, I think the pandemic has kind of accelerated uh, the opportunities for some of these companies. So. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, you you look at uh, FedEx, UPS. I mean, some of these stocks. I mean, they they performed really, really well, and they have good outlooks. I think as we look over the next few years. Another stock that you don't currently own, Nike, uh, posted their quarterly result results recently, and uh, they had some some trouble bringing a product to market. Now they've had some sell off there. Do you think that the sell off might create an entry point for investors in Nike? It, it could, Bob. I mean, you know, the stock sold off from its highs. Um, they've been having some real problem in their supply chain. Uh, the CFO, Matt, uh, Matthew Fran, basically stated that, you know, inventory was delayed uh, by more than three weeks throughout North America. Uh, they had container shortages, port congestion, transportation delays. Um, you know, this is something we're seeing with, with companies that are importing and, you know, uh, trying to distribute a lot of products uh, at this point. You know, supply chain has become difficult. Uh, in the late stages of the pandemic here, and as, as uh, you know, inventory demands uh, start to really surge, you know, it, it puts even more pressure, um, you know, on these supply chains, which have kind of, you know, slowed down a little bit in some cases. So a lot of pressures there. But again, you look at Nike, I mean, such a, a global brand, um, you know, if, if you look at the stimulus checks that are coming out, 
Um, I have a friend uh, that actually works, uh, you know, at a, uh, a shoe store, manages a shoe store, and over the weekend said, you know, the traffic was just unbelievable, you know, people in there buying shoes. And uh, so, again, I, a well-positioned company, great brand. Um, you know, so you look at over the next couple of years, you got to believe Nike has uh, has room ahead as, as this economy starts to recover and people get back out and probably need a new pair of shoes. And uh, we talked about a little bit about uh, car stocks just earlier with the caller. As you mentioned, Volkswagen had a 13-year high last week, and then the stock price tumbled about 20% by the close. Ford Motor is also uh, doing a bit more better, more better if that's a good word. Uh, and do you think there may once more be a uh, idea that you should be getting into some of these uh, stocks like Ford, uh, maybe other car stocks? You talked about that a bit earlier, but uh, maybe you could expand on that. Yeah, you know, Ford, I think, is a good reopening play, Bob, here. You know, we don't own it currently, but I surely have looked at it a lot. I told you I have a kind of an affinity to the company. My father worked there for 39 years. I drive Fords. I've always drive, drive Fords just uh, as the brand of choice for me. So, again, watching the company, you know, looks like 2021 will be a good rebound year for them. they got some new models, uh, cars coming out, um, you know, cars that people really like, uh, they're spending $22 billion on their electrification plan. So, again, they're going where everybody's going, you know, this whole race to electric vehicles. And uh, we talked about their operating system with Google and, you know, some of some of the exciting things they have going on. You know, that dividend should be able to come back at some point here. Um, you know, they had to suspend it during the pandemic, but, I mean, they, you know, we're looking for that probably to be reinstated at some point. So, again, a company that seems to have a lot of the right dynamics as you look at the recovery uh, with the, the economy. And finally, retail stock Williams-Sonoma went up almost 30% last week on great results in the quarterly report. Williams-Sonoma, what is happening there? And do you think that now it's a, beyond an entry point for investors? You know, William Sonoma is just a, a great company, Bob. It, the Pottery Barn is their big brand. They have uh, West Elm is another one of the retailers. They do a lot of direct-to-consumer. Um, you know, people stop through their websites. They still do a catalog business out there, which you don't see too often anymore. I know I've had those catalogs sitting around my house at the times, and I've, I've bought some expensive uh, furniture off Pottery Barn, which... Yeah, you know, I always shake my head when those things happen at the house, but they happen. Um, but but again, you know, this is a company that I think as people spent more time at home, they were you know upgrading and um, you know kind of uh, you know putting some new things in where they're spending a lot of time, and it made a lot of sense. Uh, the quarter was really strong, twenty four percent in revenue, eighty five percent in earnings. Uh, they're really uh, talking about you know incredible growth. Uh, they've talked about five-year targets of over $10 billion in sales, which is way more than uh, Wall Street really thought they could do. So there's a lot of uh, estimates and changes and analysis going on out there, people scrambling to try to catch up with the story, which seems to be hit on all cylinders at this time. So stock worth looking at. Um, again, it's had a nice, uh, nice improvement, but still trades at some reasonable multiples and uh, may be worth taking a look at. Of course, Walt and his team are affiliated with the Robert W. Baird Company for private wealth management, asset management, investment banking, estate plan reviews, tax reviews, RMD, IRA illustrations, Roth conversions, and more. Uh, one bit of news that didn't make big headlines last week. In fact, I have yet to read a word about it in any of the uh, uh, local newspapers. The IRS extended the tax deadline a month to May 17th this year. That's, uh, that's great news. <laughs> i got a hard time finding out about that. 
It, it is good news. Yeah, we, we got word of that through the company here. Um, Baird's pretty quick to get that news out to us, and we try to let our clients know. And, of course, we wanted to let everybody know on the show this morning. So, yeah, you got an extra month to do those taxes, and some people need it. You know, I think uh, last year was a little bit of a confusing year for some people, especially older older clients or, you know, older people that have RMDs that may have you know, not taken them or rolled money back or made some changes there. Um, you know, the people trying to figure out how to handle the stimulus checks that they receive them or not and what that all means, or if they didn't get them, how they claim them on the return. So a lot, a lot of work being done out there. I think the uh, CPAs are busy, tax advisors are busy, and uh, it's good to get another month uh, before you have to pay that uh, IRS what they, what's due. Absolutely. And, of course, the AKW Group, as we mentioned, they're here in Fairlawn in Washington, Pennsylvania. Um, anything going on there at your, at your group that you would like listeners to know about? Um, you know, one one uh, thing we have going on here, um, Kevin Secura, actually my son, we we brought him into the practice, and uh, he's uh, working on getting himself licensed, and it'll be a while before Kevin's up and running, but uh, we continue to grow the group, expand the group, and, uh, you know, bringing people in that we can trust, and uh, we're excited to have Kevin be a part of the, the team longer term. Excellent, and uh, we look forward to another week, and after last week, with the uncertainty, do you think investors will get a better idea of where they're going in the coming week? I think we have a lot to look at this week, Bob. Again, we're going to continue to pay attention uh, to the economic data, uh, see how this market continues to trade off of these inflation concerns, and uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be an interesting week to continue to do what we do every weekend here. Walt Sakara of the AKW Group in Akron. Call them to find out more about how they invest your money at 234-466-7476. That's a local number, 234-466-7476. Or call Sue Marshall in their Western Pennsylvania office in Washington, Pennsylvania, 412-480-5090-412-480-5090. And tell them you heard them on WNIR. Kent Akron. Walt Secure, thanks for being with us. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Sunday. Thanks, Bob. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Apple Inc., symbol AAPL. Adobe Systems Inc., symbol ADBE. Deer and Companies, symbol DE. FedEx Corporation, symbol FDX. Fisker Inc., symbol FSR. Ford Motor Company, symbol F. Nike Inc., symbol NKE. Porsche Automobile, symbol POAHY. Alta Beauty Inc., symbol ULTA. United Parcel Service Inc., symbol UPS. And Williams Sonoma Inc., symbol WSM. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have been compensated by Deer Inc., symbol DE, for non-investment banking security-related services in the past 12 months.